Welcome to Alistair Baptist Church, where we want you to take your next steps towards Jesus. This week, we're in the series called Peacemaker. Our pastors will take you through some scripture in Luke and John to show how God is making peace for us. Also, we're excited for Easter. This is a time to praise God for all He has done for us and to remember that He conquered death. So if He has that kind of power, what are we worried about? God has us in His grip and we are blessed to have a God that powerful that can change whatever circumstance we are in today. So guys, make sure to share this to your feed and give others the opportunity to hear the messages that can be life-changing for someone you love. We want each and every person to hear the Word of God. Thank you guys for being a part of this ministry, and I hope you enjoy the message. To love people who may have different values can be incredibly challenging. Well, I'm Clay Smith, the lead pastor here, for those of you who are new, and I'm out recovering from knee surgery. The message is going to be brought by Kevin Bynack, our group's pastor. He's going to bring us a message about what it means to love people in this series that's entitled Different Than Me. Well, good morning, Alice Drive. It's a joy and an honor to be with you. Uh, if we haven't met, my name is Kevin Bynack. I have the privilege of serving as the group's pastor here, and I'm so thankful to be a part of all God is doing through Alice Drive. All of our campuses online, welcome. Thank you for being a part of our services this morning. We're gonna go ahead and continue uh, in our series through Romans 14 called Different Than Me. So I wanna invite you, if you have your Bibles, to go ahead and open them up or turn them on. We're gonna take a look at verses 13 through 18 this morning. And just to give you a quick reminder of where we've been in the series so far, the first week, we, uh, Pastor Matt, who just led us in baptism, shared with us about what it means to accept one another even uh, when we come from different backgrounds and have uh, different perspectives. Last week, Ethan, our middle school minister, he shared with us uh, how we can respect and honor the Lord and one another in the matters that do not matter. And uh, he led us up through Romans 14, verse 12. And so we're gonna pick up after that this morning. And as we open the word and open uh, what God has for us, the main focus of what we're gonna talk about this morning is we're gonna see how we can love one another specifically the different people that God has put in our lives, even when we're from different backgrounds, and yet still focus on the main thing, which as Paul clearly lays out this morning is the gospel. So we'll take a look there, Romans 14 verses 13 through 18. As I was preparing for this morning, I came across something that I thought was so helpful for me to be able to get a grasp on this text and what we're gonna dive into together. Uh, and it's Michael Bird's Three Levels of Importance. He's a theologian. He's uh, one that, that uh, really is very helpful in giving us some handles to start off with this morning. His three levels of, uh, of importance are this. First, level one is matters essential for salvation. These are always the most important things. As we read scripture, these are the things that really stand out and say that's gonna make the difference in life and death for somebody. <clears throat> Level two, he says, matters of are, are, that are important to the faith and to the church, but non-essential for salvation. And then level three, which is what we're talking about this morning in Romans 14. These are matters of indifference and they're debatable. They're non-essentials, things like the issue of eating that we read about throughout this chapter. And so as we think about that, let's also remember the context of where we are in scripture. This is a discussion Paul's writing for the believers in the Roman church. And, and the Roman church is a blend of Jewish and Gentile background people. And uh, if you don't know Jewish, uh, they would have abided by the Old Testament law and Gentiles, that's just a word for anybody who's not of a Jewish background, um, typically Greek. 
In the original text that we read, uh, the word that's used for Gentile is literally the word for nation. So that's kind of the picture here. The truth of it is, is because the, the two groups were so different, that means that they were gonna try and merge traditions and cultures and practices in the church. And there's always gonna be some confrontation when that happens. And so if you remember back a few verses, Ethan touched on this last, last week, the discussion of the weaker Christians. Those might've typically been the Jewish believers who uh, they were actually emphasizing things from religious law that Jesus did not. And uh, if you wanna know about those things, you can take a look back at Leviticus 11. That's where a lot of the, the Jewish law, especially as it pertains to eating, uh, is derived from. Uh, but then also we saw that the stronger were typically more of the Gentile believers and they were less inclined to emphasize things that Jesus didn't, uh, but they were more grace-based and a little bit less tradition-oriented. The truth of it is, is Paul's not gonna sit here and focus on what makes them different. He's gonna focus on how to bring them together. Now, in addition to diets, they would debate days as well. So we'll see later on in the text that uh, there's a, this discussion about what the Sabbath is and what they could and couldn't do. That's part of later portions of chapter 15 and 16 to come as well. But for this morning, we're gonna take a look specifically starting at verses 13 through 15, where it says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to be a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. Verse 15, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Now, at my house, we have a four and a half year old and a 20 month old, uh, two little girls, and we watch a lot of kids movies, all right? If you're a parent or grandparent in this, this room, you maybe watch a lot of kids movies too. Well, one that we've spent a lot of time watching recently, actually two, they're, they're both the Peter Rabbit movies. Maybe when you were younger, you read the Peter Rabbit books, but in the movies, they're not only just about the rabbits, they're about all different kinds of animals that are part of the garden, right? And the animals talk back and forth each other, with each other and it throws the humans for a loop because they have no idea what to do with all these talking animals. Well, one of my favorite, one of, the, one of the characters I find the funniest is this pig. Now, let me show you a quick picture of the pig. All right, there he is. All right, there's the pig and he's British, right? So he walks around in this cute little purple vest and um, one of the things he does the most, not only does he talk to the other animals, but he takes their food because he's a pig. Right? And so as we, we, we think about him, and I, I remember back to this one scene in the movie. He's talking to this little porcupine, and he says, I hope everyone else here is as good at their job as I am at mine. And the porcupine says, and what's that? And the pig lifts his little chin in a British accent. He says, passing judgment. <laughs> Always stands out to me. He's so confident in himself, but he's so focused on the wrong thing. And the truth of it is, is that type of judgment, passing judgment is what's happening in the church here. And it was so severe that it caused some to be disrupted in their walk with the Lord and they focused on the wrong things. And instead of living in unity, all they did was focus out other people's biases and their flaws. You ever been to a church like that before? Maybe someone looked down on you because you came in a couple minutes late or you showed up wearing the wrong thing. Basically, Paul in verse 13 says, there's no place for judgment. If you're in Christ, you have a new identity in him and that because of that, there's no reason for you to look down on anyone else, especially over an issue as simple as food. Growing up, two of my closest friends were 
twin brothers from the Philippines. I had the joy of meeting them when I was four years old, did a lot of life with them, learned a lot from them. And I remember back, I think I was about third or fourth grade. They invited me over to their house for dinner one night. Now, this was a whole lot different type of dinner than I'm used to in my typical American world, right? I walk in, you know how we, most of us walk into our, our living room and our dining room table set up on four legs and there's chairs all the way around. Well, I walk in and the table is on the ground. And around the table, instead of chairs, there's cushions. Now on each of the cushions, there's a little icon or symbol that would emphasize something about Filipino culture. I didn't know that now, but I figured that out since then. And I remember thinking, what in the world am I looking at? But the thing that stands back, uh, back in my mind about at most to me about that experience was that my friend Shanley took me by the hand and he said, I'm gonna take you to where you're gonna sit. And so he walks me over there, just pure innocent friendship. He says, I'm gonna show you where you belong, right? And it wasn't this moment where, like it could have been where I felt like an outsider. It was this moment where I felt like I was a part of their family. The people sitting around the table, it was everybody. It was brothers and sisters and cousins and aunt and uncles and grandparents. And I was right there with them. I remember looking at the table and all of us had these little bowls of rice in front of us. And in the middle family style were things like steamed fish and sardines and veggies and Filipino pineapple, which if you've never had Filipino pineapple, it blows American pineapple out of the water. It's awesome, all right? But I remember thinking back to that experience. That was a moment where I could have felt like I didn't belong. And because they welcomed me so well, it was one of the most fun dinners that I've ever had in my life. And I share that with you this morning because in verses 14 and 15, we see that people not only have liberty in what they eat because the meal is far less important than eternity, but we see that there's this hospitality, this welcome that's a part of it. We should be focused on inviting people to be a part of the kingdom of God uh, uh, instead of pushing them away. And so that dinner experience and what we see in these first couple of verses this morning They remind us of a very important first truth about love. And that's that love does not put up barriers. One mentor of mine used to say it this way, it's always better to build a bridge than to burn one. You see the church should be the best at opening doors for people to take their next steps. And we should always be focused on the main thing. And that's that we don't get distracted by the minor things that are gonna lead us and the people around us to a place of judgment and disunity. And so Paul continues in the second part of verse 15 and into verse 16, he says, by what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. You know, sometimes if we're really honest, these non-essential matters, these matters of indifference, they can lead us to a place of discussion, excuse me, destruction. The word that we read at the end of verse 15 is the word destroy is a word that's used throughout the gospels. And it's typically translated one of two ways, either the word lose or the word perish. So basically we're, we're reading that we don't need to let something so small become the reason for someone else's loss or even worse, the reason they perish. Now listen, I know in a setting like this and the different campuses and online, wherever you're gathered, there's gonna be people here who have exper- experienced deep hurt And church hurt maybe even that led you to a place where you felt like you were being destroyed. And I want you to know that I'm sorry that's your your experience. I hope that you are able to experience the freedom that Jesus offers you from that. But I also want you to know that in terms of church, that's not the type of church Jesus died for. 
And what Paul's trying to show is that the church is, there's a much, big, much bigger picture here that they need to be focused on. Paul wants the, the believers here to see the emphasis on the making of peaceful relationships and how those things are actually supposed to be developed uh, with one another. And so he takes us to the cross. He, he gives us the best picture that he possibly could. He gives us the ultimate name drop. He says, you know, here's Jesus. Jesus is the one who died for you when you brought nothing to the table. He gave his life so that you could have life. And that's not just for you. That's for people from all walks of life with all different kinds of backgrounds. And for us, it means that the most important thing is that we don't cause those who see things differently than we do to lose. 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. And so Paul says that the pathway of judgment on these matters towards our fellow believers is gonna lead us to destruction and to evil. And instead, we need to choose the path that leads us to life. And so a second truth I want, to, I want you to see about love this morning is tells us the reason why we love, and it's this, love because Jesus gave his life for us. Practically speaking this morning, if you're someone that always has to win, and you're someone that always has to be right and you have to have the last word, I wanna invite you to ask yourself a question this morning. And it's this, how can I help someone know Jesus instead of how can I persuade someone to see the world like I do? Or if you like to live online, how often before you post on social media do you ask yourself the question, do I love the people who are gonna read this? Now, I love the Top Gun movies. Some of y'all might love the Top Gun movies too. Here's the truth. The first one came out about that far before I was born. Uh, so for my entire life, I can remember watching uh, the first Top Gun movie. And then recently, we just got the second one. I love planes. I love the military. Quite frankly, that makes Sumter a great place to live because we have an air show every day, right? But in the most recent Top Gun Maverick movie, there's a line that Maverick says a couple of different times. And, and the most notable of those times in my mind uh, is when uh, kind of the climax of the movie, he's sitting on the flight deck in the seat of his F-18 just before launching off the aircraft carrier. And in this moment, they're about to, to go on a mission. They're, the team's not even sure they can win. They're not even sure if what they're trying to do is achievable. Um, it's a super dangerous mission in a really tough territory. And uh, the, the the truth of it is, is Maverick has this really stern look on his face. And so his assistant instructor, his name's Hondo, he's kind of sitting next to, to Tom leaning up on the, on the jet, and what he says to him is, I don't think I like that look, Mav. Maverick look back, looks back at him and says, it's the only one I've got. If you remember that line, you might remember that Mav is totally all in on the mission. He's focused on what's at hand. He knows there's danger, but he knows that the efforts that he's about to, to give are worth the risk. And the truth of it is, this is exactly the scenario that the Roman church would have been encountering. You see, they, they would have been at risk. They would have been trying to proclaim Jesus in the face of division internally and in the face of persecution externally. Paul knows this because after all, he was part of the government. He was part of the ones originally who were persecuting the church and killing Christians for simply sharing the gospel. And so because of his dramatic encounter with Jesus, he's able to look at them and say that in the church, there is no way to, to love and, and be unified on the path of judgment and on the path of destruction. 
The best way to care for other people is to focus solely on loving them like Jesus. And that means that we have to be focused on the main thing. It means that we have to have one look. And that look is the one that honors Jesus and loves people. So in true love, we're reminded there's no barriers and there is no evil. We continue on in verse 17. We read a little bit more about Paul's explanation of getting things in their proper place. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I want to focus on those three things for a minute because he says first, the kingdom of God is about righteousness. Well, the truth of it is, is this is not the righteousness that we get on our own. It's not attainable by human standards. It's not something that we can ascend to, but it is the righteousness that we read about a few chapters before Romans 5, 8. I'm sure you remember this verse. It says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It reminds us that we didn't do anything to get there on our own and there's no standing for us to lord over other people that are in our lives. And so next Paul says the kingdom of God is about peace. Now if you just look around a little bit here, you know peace is a really big deal in 2023 at Alice Drive. We feel this is what God's called us to. We feel that we wanna be a place of peace and we're praying that, that you will feel welcomed in a peaceful way here, but we also pray that out of what God does here, that there will be peace that's brought to our city and to our nations and to the ends of the earth. And this peace that's being talked about here, it's the one that passes all understanding. It's the same peace that we'll read later on about in Philippians 4, 7. But we need to be reminded that again, we're not the source of this peace. We're only the recipients. But as the recipients, we have a role to pass that peace onto everyone else that we meet. And then finally in verse 17, Paul says, the kingdom of God is about joy. And this is the joy that comes through Jesus. It's the joy that lasts for eternity. He's basically saying, stop hoping in things that won't last or won't matter. Find joy in the one rooted risen savior that will always be present for here and eternity. That's Jesus. Far more than a, a happy feeling, joy is our highest level of satisfaction that our soul can experience. We didn't come up with joy on our own. It's only through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can have any idea what it means to have righteousness and joy and peace. And so Paul reminds the church in Rome and he reminds us today by extension that the priority for all believers is the same thing that Jesus came to introduce in his time here on earth. It's the kingdom of God. And so what would we call it when we're all clothed in righteousness and peace and joy through Jesus? We would call it unity. So third, I want you to see this morning that love leads to unity. And unity, we should note, is beautiful. You know unity when you see it. It's distinct. It captivates you. It draws you in. But we should also note that unity is different from uniformity. And how do I know this? Well, I know this in my house because my wife, Danae, and I, we hate tomatoes. <laughs> but our four and a half year old and our 20 month old, they love them. I have no idea where they got this from. It certainly wasn't from mom and I, maybe from somebody else in the family. But I'm telling you, it's amazing to me how many tomatoes they go through in a week. If the tomato comes out and is visible, that child's darting across the room to pick up that tomato. It's unbelievable. I can't even look at them. 
the tomatoes, not the girls, okay? I love to look at the girls. But as I think about that, I think to myself, how in the world can somebody that my wife and I literally made like something so different from what, what she and I like? The truth of it is, the way that we've handled this is every time that we go to the grocery store, we buy an insane amount of tomatoes. We don't like buying them for us, but I'll tell you what, our little girls love them. We know they're healthy for them, so we get them as much as they want. And the truth of it is, is I will always love those girls and I will always claim them as mine, but I will never love tomatoes. You can keep your tomato and mayonnaise sandwiches. I don't wanna hear about it. <laughs> now, if they're green and fried, bring them on. I got that all day, all right? But I think about that and I'm reminded of what we read just a chapter further than where we are in scripture this morning. Romans 15 verses five and six tells us, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. What that means for us as believers this morning is that people from all walks of life with all different skin colors, with all different food and clothing preferences, with all different gifts and talents, all different types of financial resources or lack of, it means that we're all saved by grace, that not one is better than the other. And it means that we're unified in the blood of Jesus. We're all equal at the foot of the cross. So this truth changes today for us but let's not miss out the eternal implications as well. Revelation 7, 9, and 10, one of my favorite pictures in all of scripture. You may be familiar. It says, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. If there's one line you remember from this morning, it's the next one, super important. It says this, a diverse yet unified body of believers is God's plan for his church here on earth and his promise for eternity in heaven. This is one of my favorite parts about being here at Alice Drive. We say that we want to help as many people take their next steps toward Jesus. And if you look around the room that you're in or if you're watching online, you, you've had an experience with Alice Drive before, you would know really quickly, there are a lot of people here that don't look like you. They don't have the same background as you. Some of you have known Jesus for a long time. Some of you just may, may have just met him today. Some of you have different preferences. You have different socioeconomic statuses. There's all different kinds of things that are represented in this room and at our campuses this morning. But the truth of it is, is, uh, this is one of the reasons why we're a multi-site church, why we're passionate about pursuing is because we take the gospel to people who don't look like us. They may not think about things like we do. We keep the main thing the main thing and we love them like Jesus loves us. And so at the end of the day, the church means, when, when the church is doing what it should, it means that we're all welcomed and we're all wanted and we're all loved. And most importantly, we're unified at the feet of Jesus. I'm reminded from verse 17 that strong relationships are not hindered by differences of opinion. So that leads us to our conclusion in verse 18, where it says, whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to, to God and approved by men. Last thing I encourage you, invite you to see about love this morning is this, love causes us to serve like Jesus. You see, service is the utmost expression of love. 
How do you put other people before yourselves? And Mark 10, 45 says this about our savior. It says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, there's a model for how to serve there and there's even more, more so a, a, a picture of what Jesus really came for. And that's to, to help the lost find their way to true life. Serving is not only for your good, but it does make much of Jesus and it's always for the betterment of everyone around you. And that means practically that you should be serving among believers here in the church and it means that you should be serving in the community and loving people around you like Jesus and being mindful of what God is doing in our nation and to the ends of the earth and constantly asking yourself the question, how can I be involved? For the church, it's important because it's really hard to be divisive and destructive and disunified when you're serving the people in your life like Jesus. We think back to the story of scripture. It's that level of unity that brought together the first church in Acts 2. They believed the gospel, they committed to it, they encouraged one another in it, and then they went out and shared it with everybody that they met. It made me think about this, and maybe by extension this morning, have you ever thought about what it took for you to hear the gospel. I mean, think about it practically. Someone over a couple thousand years ago, they had to serve Jesus by not only hearing the gospel message, but willing to take that gospel message wherever they went. It might've meant that they had to endure persecution. It might mean uh, that there was gonna be a lot of hardship in their life, but they kept sharing and they shared with somebody else and they shared with somebody else. And over generation upon generation, people have faithfully done that so that somebody could share the gospel with somebody that you knew so that they could share the gospel with you. That's a pretty long story. I would love to see somebody put together a family tree of that. But the truth of it is, is verse 18 is an invitation to continue being a part of that storytelling. And for us this morning, we need to take our role seriously to, to serve in a way that everyone that we know sees Jesus in us. But more importantly, they're able to know that the gospel is true because it changed us and it can change them too. So today, that, mean, that means that for some of you, your next step is to serve. I wanna invite you uh, to meet with our teams at the connection point after the service, if that's you, because uh, we, need, we need your help. We need you to come alongside of us and help continuing advancing the gospel through student ministry, through kids ministry, on our fit teams, on our mission teams. There's tons of ways for you to get involved to, in order to help other people know who Jesus is. So I wanna invite you, if that's your next step, to take that today. It will bring you so much joy and it will help you understand more about what Jesus has done for you, all while being great for all the people around you who get to know him more. As I finish up, I'm reminded of uh, John Wooden. I'm sure many of you know that name. John Wooden is noted as perhaps the greatest college basketball coach of all time. Um, he's most well known for being the UCLA men's head basketball coach from 1948 to 1975. And during those, those years, he led his teams to 10 national championships, a remarkable level of accomplishment. It will never be beaten, especially in the day and age that we live in of the transfer portal. <laughs> but, but John Wooden was always known for his meticulous prep and how he was able to get individuals to buy into the team culture and play together. As I was thinking this week, one of his quotes came to mind and it's this, you can't have a perfect day without doing something for someone who will never be able to repay you. Selflessness was always rewarded on the basketball court. His model and teaching proved that. 
But true love and unity and service in God's church is so much more important. And so it leads me to my final question for you this morning. Let's be honest. When was the last time you served someone with no regard for your own benefit? Service is a hallmark of the New Testament church. It makes pathways where there were where where, where barriers. It's an unbelievable tool in the, the hands of a God who is all about redeeming those who are lost and broken. And so I hope you're reminded today as we've gone through the word together that as, as a church, we have to be unified in the gospel. That's a non-negotiable. But that we do have liberty in our preferences. We can see some things differently. And we always need to be mindful of how we can serve those around us. I pray that will be the rhythm for your life and I pray that will be the rhythm for Alice Drive as we move forward. I invite you to pray with me this morning as we finish up. God, what a joy it is to know you. God, what a joy it is to walk with you every day. God, thank you for giving us your best, our Savior, your Son, Jesus, Lord. I'm mindful today, God, that I bring very little to the table. Lord, that I don't have a lot to offer you, but I thank you that you redeemed me and you loved me when I wasn't lovable. And God, for all of us here today, that's our story, Lord. You've done something for us that we didn't deserve or earn. We praise you for it. God, I thank you because of the extravagant love that you've shown us that we have the opportunity to show that same love to others. God, I pray that we'd be found faithful in that task, Lord, not for our own good, but for the good of others around us, God, and for the glory of your name. I pray that you would help us to be unified in righteousness and peace and joy. God, I pray that you would help us to serve others for their good. God, I pray that we wouldn't put up barriers to other people knowing you. God, I pray that that we would be reminded that our love is not of our own, Lord. It is because of what you have shown us and how you have loved us. So I pray that we would do it extravagantly. And God, I pray that if there's anyone here that's heard the word this morning, Lord, that doesn't know you, that they would take their first step and embrace the greatest love that they will ever receive. And that's the love shown through Jesus in his life and death and resurrection. God, we praise you for the joy of knowing you and for worshiping together this morning. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Hey, Alice Drive. Thank you guys for watching this service, but don't stop here. Follow us on social media, on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, if you've missed any of our sermons, you can check them all out on our website or YouTube page. It is because of you that we are able to help people take their next steps towards Jesus. And thank you all for being a giving church. God bless y'all, and we'll see you next week.